Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? 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 Hi, how are you? I'm blessed with Scott. I, I know. This is, this is Terry. Hi, Terry. So can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, because I put it on speaker, so should I take it off? No, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. We're a um, few minutes early, so we're going to give um, people time to get in. we got about seven minutes before the call actually starts. You received my bio, right? I did.
Okay. Um, so, hold on one second. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. So, the way it's set up is I'm going to take prayer requests from anybody, and then um, I will pray, then I'll read the bio, introduce you, and then I'll turn the, the call over to you, and then you can teach the lesson. And then once the lesson is finished, we will um, then take any questions or comments that anybody may have. Exactly 30 minutes from the time you allow me to start? Yeah, you can have, well, 30 minutes is not set. If you go over the 30 minutes, that's okay. No, I've been rehearsing it. I'm hoping that I don't, but, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, information in here, but I'm, you know, it shouldn't right, be so, more than. So if you go over 30 minutes, that's that's fine. Okay, I'm, I'm going to really try my best not to. Okay. All right, so let us get started. Um, any prayer requests? Okay, I have a few. Um, please continue to pray for my mom. Uh, she had back surgery. It's two weeks, oh, almost three weeks. So just pray that she continue to heal and that the Lord gives her strength in her body as she goes through the recovery process. And just any prayer for those who have lost loved ones. There are so many people that are losing loved ones that you just give them comfort. Um, also, a special prayer for the Harvey Jones family. Um, one of my childhood friends, I found out last Friday that she passed young. She was only 54 years old. Um, so just keep them in prayer. She has a uh, son that's uh, 23, and he's taking it really hard because him and his mom was really close. So just pray for the Harvey Jones family and the loss of the mother, daughter, sister, cousin. Because this was just sudden. It wasn't anything. She wasn't ill. Just sudden. Okay, let's go before the Lord in prayer, and then I will introduce our speaker and turn it over to her. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all the things that you have done. We thank you for the things that you're going to do. Lord, as we go forth in this lesson today about the Good Shepherd, God, that you will bless the speaker and that she will impart some good information to us 
so that we can understand who you are and what you do. God, all of those prayer requests, both spoken and unspoken, we know you know the heart. We know that you know the need, God, and we ask that you grant them according to your word and to your will. These things we pray in your most precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so our speaker for this evening is Evangelist Leosa Scott. She has been saved since 1985 under the leadership of Bishop Arthur Embrasier. While she was under his leadership, she served faithfully as an usher. She also worked as the International Board of Ushers for the Pentecostal Assembly of the World. She was also active in the women's ministry. Evangelist uh, Scott and her husband, Deacon Carl Scott, have been members of Victory Apostolic since its inception 22 years ago and continues to remain active in their service to the Lord. She has been the president of the Board of Ushers for 22 years. She's also an instructor for the True Seeker Christian Bible Adult Class and an active facilitator for the women's ministry. She con- Completed her ministerial training through the Pentecostal Assembly of the World, and she was ordained in 2003 and was appointed as a deaconess in 2012. She has a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry, emphasis on counseling and psychology from Trinity International University, and she has a master's of art in organizational leadership from Trinity International University. In her professional career, She's a HUD-certified financial literacy housing counselor for CEDA, which is Community Economic Development Association of Cook County, as well as a housing case manager for homeless veterans. She has been married to her husband for 27 years and have two sons, Matthew and Christopher. I now turn the lesson for this night or this evening over to Evangelist Scott. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's Evangelist Scott, and the Bible study today will be on the 23rd Psalm, uh, which many of us know very well, but we have never really experienced its power of those words in our lives. This psalm breathes new life into our lives when we are weary and unsure of our next steps, and it's just more than just a psalm that we're very familiar with. It brings comfort in death. It gives confidence in life, and most of all, it gives us peace. So uh, the psalm is uh, verses 1 through 6. So I will try to expound on each one of the psalms, each one of the verses, and how we can apply the meanings of these verses into our lives. Of course, we know that verse 1 says that the Lord shepherd, I shall not be in want, and that is from uh, the NIV version. God is the Son, our Savior. He is the artisan, the creator of all things. God, the Holy Spirit, is God, the agent who presents all to us. David, when he wrote this psalm, knew the Lord was his shepherd, his owner, and his master. He knew his sheep were dependent on the shepherd because that was the culture of that day, as we are today to be dependent upon God. God, who created the universe, the billions of stars and planets, wants to be our shepherd. He has always wanted to have a relationship with us, and he has created us to be the object 
of his own affection. Most people refuse to acknowledge this fact and deny a relationship with God, believing no one can claim authority over them. Isaiah 53 and 6 tells us that we all are like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Christ demonstrated his love for us at Calvary by absorbing the penalty of our sins. The deep desire of his heart was to have men come to him under his care, just like a shepherd caring for his sheep. You would be surprised to find that sheep and humans have many things in common. That's a mass mind mentality, a mob instinct, fear, timidity, stubborn, stupid, even perverse habits. Yet despite all of that, Christ chose us. He bought us with a price, and he calls us by name, making us his own, and he delights in caring for us. That is why David felt that God was his shepherd. Then it says, I shall not be in want. Did you know that sheep are content if their shepherd is good at his job? If the shepherd is good, they do not want or need anything. If we were content in God's care, we would not crave anything else either. That is a strong lesson that we need to learn. Mark 10 and 21 tells us of the rich young ruler who wanted to become Christ's follower. But David tells us that he would not be in want. And that meaning here is that Christians will not lack the expert care of the master despite having lack of wealth or even enduring hardships. Contentment should be the hallmark of all of us who put their affairs in God's hand. Sadly, we really don't do that. We are restless, unsettled, greedy, and are never satisfied in our spirit. We could even fall prey and become what we don't want, a carnal Christian, a fence crawler, a backslider, or a half-Christian. We want the best of both worlds, but remember scripture and warnings regarding serving to masters. Then he tells us in this psalm that he makes me lie down in green pastures. An illustration of this is that the shepherd is the only one who can provide the things needed so the sheep can rest and flourish. We as Christians, there should be no substitute for the awareness that our shepherd is nearby that knowledge dispels our fear, panic, and terror of the unknown. God's Holy Spirit conveys peace to our fearful hearts, and in that assurance we can find rest. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Matthew 5 and 7 says, Blessed, happy to be envied are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. These are things that illustrate the goodness of God and also the care that a shepherd does for his sheep. It also says, he leads me beside quiet water. Matthew 5 and 6 tells us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they would be filled or satisfied. At the feast in Jerusalem, Jesus declared, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. To drink means to take in or accept and believe. 
Did you know that sheep can live and strive in arid conditions, but they still require water? Of note, the shepherd can find good water for them, but left to their own devices, sheep will drink polluted water. Humans, and like humans, as Scripture points out, need the water of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is what cleanses us. In the 23rd Psalm, David is telling us that the good shepherd leads me beside the quiet water. This means he alone knows where the still, quiet, deep, pure water is to be found. Water that can satisfy his sheep and keep them fit. This is when we go into our prayer closet and we are alone with God. There all of the sustenance that we need, we find in him. Water for sheep can come from the dew on the grass, deep wells or springs and streams. Sheep rise up early before dawn and start feeding. Thus they can obtain the dew. But Christians who rise early and feed on God's word will find equal refreshment. It's a, a, a model that we all should follow, saints, that we must feed on God's word daily. There's an old song that says, the still dews of his spirit can be dropped into my life and soul. Unfortunately, most of us, with our busy, hectic schedule and our lives, do not drink in the word. Instead, we try to satisfy our thirst by pursuing every sort of substitute, advanced knowledge, science, academic careers, uh, voracious reading, but are always left dissatisfied. Some try turning to the arts, music, literary forms, travel, hobbies, but nothing appeases them in the end. Jeremiah 2 and 13 says, My people have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Christ alone can satisfy our heart and our thirsting soul. Then the scripture tells us that in Psalm 23 that he restores my soul. This is a verse that begins with an explanation of the need for restoration. We must have restoration and a relationship for God, with God. Even those in the good shepherd's care can become distressed. The cares of life can just overwhelm us, and we need sustenance to sustain the things that we must carry in life. In Psalm 42 and 11, David says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Did you know, saints, that a sheep can become cast and cast down? It means, uh, literally, that the sheep has turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. If the shepherd is not alert and attentive and does not help the sheep, the sheep will die lying on its back. It is interesting that even the largest and fattest and healthiest sheep can become cast. Once the sheep is on the ground, it only takes a small hollow or depression in the ground to cause it to roll over on its back. Only its master, the shepherd, can help the poor thing get back on its feet. This is a parallel for us with our Christian life and the cast down. Some people have the idea that when a child of God falls or is helpless in a spiritual dilemma, God becomes disgusted, fed up, and even furious with him. Not so, saints. God has the same heart as the shepherd, full of concern and compassion, 
for the downcast man and woman of this world. Psalm 56 and 13 gives us a commentary on this aspect of our Christian life. It says, you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Even though we belong to Christ and to desire to be under his control, we can find ourselves in a place and a time where we are cast down saints. We can stumble and fall when we feel most sure of ourselves. The Apostle Paul warned the church at Corinth, saying, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. So this is very important for us to realize God knows our strengths and he knows our weaknesses. It is nothing wrong to be in a place of being cast down, but the key is knowing who is that to lift you up and bring you to higher heights. Hebrews 12 tells us how God chooses to discipline those he loves. It might be very uncomfortable to us, but afterward it produces a life of repose and peace. His discipline is part of the price of belonging to him. But we also get his mercy and love and a restored soul. Then the, the psalm tells us, he guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This talks about that sheep really are creatures of habit, just like us. We can actually substitute everything that a sheep does describing what a human does. For example, a sheep will follow the same trail graze the same hills, and pollute their ground until they have corrupted it all. This is when a good sheep owner can change everything. He leads the flock on different paths to different grasslands. He keeps the whole flock from destroying that which they need to survive. Sheep, more than any other livestock, require careful handling and detailed direction. This is because they are creatures of habit. So what do you think? Look at us. It is easy to see why God calls us his sheep. It's almost embarrassing that our behavior patterns and life habits parallel the sheep. One main point is that we as humans are stubborn. We prefer doing things our way. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. To make it worse, we do this deliberately and repeatedly. Human pride and self-assertion puts us in disastrous places. We, like the sheep, will blindly follow one another until the trail becomes so, so eroded we fall off. Proverbs 14 and 12 and 16 and 25 says that there is a way that seems right to man, but the end it leads to death. John 14 and 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 10 and 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here lies a difficult point here. Most of us don't want to be led. We don't want to follow. We want to do it our way. There's even a famous song that Frank Sinatra sings, I did it my way. Even though it may take us straight into trouble, good examples of this are broken homes, broken hearts, and lives. Our society is sick with greed and selfishness. But even after all of this, Christ says to us in Mark 8 and 34, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. At some critical point, we 
believer either go on with God or go back from following. The key point here is that we cannot depend on ourselves for self-determination and self-discipline to succeed. But if we truly, truly want to do his will and be led by him, he will make this possible by his own spirit, which is given to those who, will, those who obey. An example of that, I think of my long journey in going to school. It wasn't comfortable. It was very painful. I was carrying a full class load for dad and for graduate while working a 40-hour full-time job and still maintaining all of my responsibilities in the church. But for the grace of God, he allowed me to accomplish that which he wanted me to do. God is a good God. He, he wants to help us through. It is only our own making that we find ourselves in, jam, in a jam. We are stubborn, and only our Savior, our Shepherd, comes to us to rec- rescue us. What forgiveness? His staff comforts us. Then the scripture says, even though I walk through the valley. This deals with mountains and valleys and how they relate to sheep and us and our lives. For example, sheep are usually taken to higher ground in the summer months and then taken back home before winter. A good shepherd would scout out the territory to be sure it would be safe and had adequate pastures before the sheep's arrival. To get to higher ground, one usually has values to go valleys to go through, just like when I was in school. I can't tell you how many valleys I went through. This is not a bad thing, because that's where water and good grass can be found for the flock. In our Christian life, we hear of warning to move on to higher ground with God. We want to rise above the common things of life and enter a more intimate walk with God. We might even envy those who've had such an experience. Most of us would want to get to the mountaintop without having to go through the dark valleys of life. As the scripture says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Death is not an end, but merely, merely a door to life with Christ. Um, I heard Sister Maney speak of her uh, classmate and uh, childhood friend who had passed away early on. But to give you comfort and peace, death is not an end, but merely a door to life with Christ. Death is nothing to fear since it's something to experience and pass through. I will say that again. Death is nothing to fear since it's something to experience and pass through. Christ tells us, surely I am with you always, even the valley of death. Death isn't the only valley we'll go through. What about our disappointments, frustrations, discouragements, dilemmas, and dark days ahead? Whatever the valley is for us, it can be the road to higher ground in our walk with God. Remember, when we're in our valley, ask God for comfort and thank him for everything. Another point that we should ponder about coming through a valley and who is better to help us, we can be an inspiration to someone else. Only those who have lost a loved one can truly know what that feels like. Someone who has had a broken heart can help someone else's heart. But perhaps Christ wants to use us and our valleys just for this very purpose. John 16 and 33 says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
Then the scripture tells us that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In today's world, it's a comfort to know Christ and his word is our authority. Yet the rod is used to discipline the sheep. And as with us, God's word, the scriptures, will keep us from sin. The word comes to our heart and convicts us to do right. This is how God keeps us on the right path. In the Middle East, the shepherd carries only a rod and a staff to guide the sheep. The rod acts as an extension of the shepherd's arm. He uses it to protect discipline and correct the flock. Let's think about Moses and his rod that he used to make many miracles happen. The rod processed power, yet comfort to the people of Israel. It took them from bondage to providing water in the desert. The rod opened the Red Sea. The rod delivered them in every circumstance. It provided and it met every need. The shepherds in the Old Testament referred to passing under the rod. In Ezekiel 20 and 37, this means coming under the master's control and also his care. The shepherd would look over each animal to make sure it was healthy. If it was not, the owner would do whatever was necessary to make it better. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 25 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There is a key message here, saints. If we allow it and submit to it, God by his word will search us and expose things that need to be made right. It does not sound pleasant, but we should not avoid it as our good shepherd has our best interest at heart. It's telling us that it was the rod of God's word that Christ used in his encounter with Satan during the desert temptation. Scripture is a must for us. To think about the staff, no one carries a staff but a shepherd. The staff comforts the sheep. It is a long stick with a crook or a hook on the end. It can touch each sheep tenderly, providing needed reassurance. We as Christians, the Holy Spirit draws us together for fellowship and comfort. In Revelations, we are told the Spirit and the bride say, come. So the staff is used for guiding sheep, and we are told by Christ himself would be the true mark of a child of God is being known as the most contented people on earth. If he is the one who has all knowledge and wisdom of our affairs, we should be completely satisfied with his care. And because of his care for us, we are actually under obligation to be thankful, grateful, and appreciative people. It is the life in Christ that we can be content with, whatever comes our way. Hebrew 13 and 5 says, even trouble. Then the scripture says, he prepares a table before me. Remember, as with the sheep, the table is a mountaintop as the shepherd is leading them to fresh green pasture laying ahead of them. Another word for table in Spanish is called mesa. The word is similar in Africa, and it means a good time. Everything is great. In the Christian life, the same is true. Everything is great. Let's try all that's available. Of course, things are deadly, but because the master has been there, we are warned. Satan is tricky. He's like a roaring lion who goes about seeking whom he may devour. 
Humans may want to discredit Satan and his power as a joke, but that's a big mistake. If we do not stay near to Christ, the lion will devour us. The parallel in our Christian life, just like the sheep, is that Christ himself already has gone before us into every situation. He knows our sufferings and struggles because he understands us. He has compassion and love for us, and he has prepared a table for us in plain view in sight of our enemies who would demoralize and destroy us if they could. Even Jesus faced sorrow in the Garden of Gethsemane. So how can we not ourselves face woe and sorrow? Christ will ensure we shall have some gladness, as well the dark days and sunshine will prevail. The key point of this verse is that Christ came to earth, laid down his life so that we might have an everlasting life with him. This is God. This was divinity in action. This is a mystery, and we cannot fathom the whole truth of this implication. We are to live richly, to walk with quiet assurance, to feed replete with good things, and to find a tabletop mountain with God's love for us. Scriptures also tell us, you anoint my head with oil. This talks about the full year of a life of a sheep herd. One bad part about sheep that I was studying is the fact that flies and other nasty insects bother the sheep. It is so bad that some insects deposit their eggs in the nose of the sheep. This is a terrible thing for the sheep. If they have a good manager, he will prepare an ointment to rub over their heads and nose to help them. And I've even seen this on Dr. Poe. So problems affect them once a year. We Christians have similar problems, but our difference is that its effect is constant. Unfortunately, we as Christians need more than a once-a-year anointment. We need to have a daily dose of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke eleven thirteen says, Christ himself urges us to ask for the Holy Spirit to be given to us by the Father. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says plainly that it is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes the Holy John 14 and 6 says a daily anointing will relieve our fears and allow us to focus on doing his will. We as human beings, you know we're assaulted daily with worldly contamination. So we need to reflect on Philippians 4 and 8 where we are instructed to whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Jesus comes into our life to control our conduct, but the Holy Spirit comes to one's conscious and subconscious mind to monitor our thought life. If we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, then the only thing we must do is to proceed to live and act and think as he directs us. But here and then, here lies the problem. We are stubborn and have difficulty with being dead earnest about it. We often rebel and refuse to have him help us, even when it's for our own good. Thank God he's always continuing to have compassion and concern for us, else we would be beyond hope or help. The shepherd applies oil to the sheep's head, to prevent damage when they butt heads. We humans also butt heads, but not in the same way, thank goodness, that sheep do. We do it by arguing, gossip, 
being intolerant with other Christians. When Christians act this way, it is very destructive. If we cause even one skeptical soul from entering a church because of some experience they have had or witnessed, we we will have a lot to explain to God someday. Sheep who receive excellent care are completely satisfied and feel safe at home with their master. Christians will find a home with God. However, the word house used here in this scripture has a wider meaning. (coughs) Excuse me. One usually thinks of the house of the Lord as a sanctuary or church. David is referring in this psalm to house as the family of the good shepherd. In the Old Testament, the word house means presence of the Lord forever. Just as sheep, we want to be in the presence of the shepherd. Christians want an ever-present God near them, providing peace and comfort. We are to live ever aware of God's presence so that we will dwell in the presence of and in the care of the Lord forever. Scripture also says, surely goodness and love will follow me. Jesus sees the challenges, struggles, hurts, and pains of our sheepness and our sheepishness. One reason God sent his son to earth was to make sure we would know just how he, God the Father, feels about us and just how he sees us. He is moved by the needs that you have in your life. He sees you that way. No matter what challenge you face, you are not alone. When it comes to you and me, Jesus has a unique point of view. He seeks crowds in a unique way, like sheep without a shepherd. And isn't that the only way a good shepherd ever would? Remember, in the in the crowds, we discover how much we need a shepherd. And this verse says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This reminds us of the beginning. The Lord is my shepherd. It states boldly and positively, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Finally, the cup that runs over is symbolic of Eastern hospitality. When a guest was welcome to stay, they intentionally overflowed the cup so that the guests realized that they were welcome to all that the host had and could stay as long as they wanted. This is indicative of eternal life in Christ. We saints will abide with him for all eternity. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. With a sense of that assuredness, David understood that mercy and goodness would follow him, not just while he was a king, but all the days of his life. Life on earth and life in the afterlife. God has said that he is the God of the living and not the dead. He knew that he would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what comfort it is to know that the Lord will provide for our every need. In verse 1, he tells us that he will provide the bread of life and well of water that never runs dry, that he will lead us down the right path for his glory's sake and restore us at death to eternal life, that his staff and rod will protect us, guide us, and preserve us, that even now he is preparing a place for us and will come again someday because we have the Holy Spirit. And no good thing will be withheld from us, and we will dwell with him for ages without end in the kingdom of God. This psalm is packed with so many powerful promises, provisions, and purpose. I stand here today telling you, saints, 
Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. What more should I want? Thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was a wonderful, wonderful word. I enjoyed myself. I didn't want you to stop. <laughs> Looking at the time. <laughs> I told you didn't worry about the time, but it was it was really good. Thank that was you. Thank you. So much information, power-packed information. I you well, know, you I've know, learned so much information I, I didn't know. Right, you know, I had to I did research because he calls us often in the scripture sheep. So that means that you have to study and find out what about sheep are like us. And I found they are very similar to us. Their needs and situations are very similar. And they also say that sheep are very dumb. And we are no, ourselves know that we do inappropriate, stupid things sometimes. And that's why we need a shepherd. That's why we need someone to guide us. It's like when we were children, we needed our parents to correct us. And so God is telling us he's with us every step of the way. We should not be ashamed and fearful when we make mistakes because he's ever there waiting for us to repent of our sins and come to him because his only desire has always been to have a relationship with us. Amen. 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 um, Any comments? Questions? I was, as you were um, speaking, I was writing stuff down. I was like, oh, I got to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things that I found most interesting is how you talked about if the sheep falls and that if there's a. They call it cast. Right. So with the cast. I didn't know. And I thought and I that was know. very um, interesting. When I think about us as saints, and mm-hmm. sometimes when we fall, yes. we stay there. But you know you what know, that we is? Don't, That's we don't depression. get ourselves up. That's depression. And so right. they actually are experiencing, unless that shepherd gets them off of their back, they will remain there until they die. So it is our responsibility when we see other saints or even ourselves, fellow believers, yeah. we go to the rock that is higher than I. Higher than I. We have to go higher to seek the sustenance that will bring us back off of our back. Yes, yes. That was really good. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I hope everybody who was listening did enjoy it because I learned a lot about studying about sheep that uh, they experience, even the animal world, when God made creation, he made everything relatable, and even they are relatable to us as humans. Right. Yeah. Well, that was yes. wonderful. Again, I do thank you for um, doing this Bible study for us. No. For thank Delta you. It was Epsilon a- Christian sorority. It was an um, honor and a Bible pleasure. study is every second Thursday of the month. So for the month of September, we have Minister Moore, who is going to be doing that. He is also a member of Victory Apostolic Church. Okay. So we're looking forward to that. Please um, join us again. And you all have a blessed evening.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.